0: Podcast called, uh, podcast. He probably doesn't remember this at all. Yeah, we're together. It's easy. This is kind a real. Like, holy shit. And so it's really cool to get to be a part of that. You know how it is, bro. Hey.
1: When you You're now tune into the biggest ever. We're not here just to take part. We're here to take over. <laughs> I
0: don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with the first episode of, of 2022 of the Dub Justin Podcast. Today, very special guest my favorite all-time Colts players, uh 14-year NFL vet Super Bowl champ, Antoine Bethe. Antoine, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. Um obviously like I said, I've been a I've been a big time fan of yours for a long time. Um so I'm glad we got to do this. But um right off the jump, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the Bethea Family Foundation because I've seen you guys have been doing a lot of good um around the holiday season.
1: Yeah man um like you said man but they family foundation is a, uh, my foundation i started in 2010 um it started us it started off as a safe coverage foundation um and just recently you know we changed the name to the Bethay family foundation but again it's one foundation that we you know we focus on um going to the inner cities and um providing resources and um creating relationships to help uh the youth in that. In that in those inner city, continue education, continue to get a higher education. It doesn't necessarily have to be college, um, but going out and get a, uh, getting a trade or whatever the case may be. Um, and also with that, you know, we try to do our part, just just giving out and, um, you know, giving out a helping hand. And obviously around the holidays, there's some some families that's um, either falling on hard times or just need a little bit of assistance. And that's what the Bethay Family Foundation um, comes in that, you know, this year we've been doing this uh, for 10 years. Um, with COVID, it's a little different now. But, you know, we pick 10 families, man. When, you know, we, we give the families $1,000 where they can go to um, you know, Target or Walmart or whatever the case may be, um, be able to get some things to help the family out during the holidays.
0: Yeah, man. And, I I mean, that's super special, first of all. But I saw that you were, like, you are actually there in person at the events a lot of guys don't a lot of guys maybe don't have time or don't make the time for that you know what i'm saying so i mean for you to do that super special and i saw that you you guys had like an event at the giants facility i believe it was and then you guys all went to walmart i mean how much of a blessing is it for you to be able to have the platform and and the ability to make an actual difference on people's lives
1: nah man that's what it's about you know obviously you know um. When we play the game, we on TV, man. Um, That's that's all fine and dandy. But I always used to say that, you know, once I got done playing the game, if that's or when I'm gone, if all uh, anybody ever remember me, what it's all they remember me for was what I did on the field. You know, I failed. You know, so being able to have that platform and be able to give back and be a blessing in somebody's life, man, that's what it's all about. So um, until I'm in that dirt, man, I'm gonna continue to. Uh, try to you know lend a help a hand to those that need it
0: that's awesome I, I absolutely love hearing that I wish more guys were like you and 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 wanted to go out and make a difference and actually like affect people's lives because I feel like a lot of guys I, I don't know if I want to say that but um, I see a lot of guys that do stuff but they're not actually there and they're not actually in the trenches with these families and and creating those, those relationships like you said
1: yeah, man. I mean, it's it's at the end of the day, man. The way I look at it, you know, if you're, you know, giving half of the effort, man, that's better than nothing. You know what I'm saying? So even if you are giving monetary funds to a family, you're not there. Granted, you know, you're still helping a family out. So um, if anybody's taking a a second out of their time to to give assistance, man, I tip my hat to them because they don't have to. It really don't have to be doing anything, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, again, you know, it obviously it's, it's a plus where, you know, you know, the guys can go out with the families or whatever. The families can touch them. You know, you can have that one-on-one interaction. But, um, again, man, I, I just I tell the guys, like, look, if you can just do a little bit, you know, um, your, a little bit coming from you can mean a lot to somebody else.
0: A hundred percent, because a lot of people, especially kids growing up, they look at their favorite football players on TV. And they're like, Oh, these guys are my heroes. You know what I'm saying? So like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're well aware of that, just given your career and everything that you've accomplished, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something different. I don't think you can put it into words for what it means to them. Um, But I mean, kind of parlaying that you were blessed to play 14 years in in what I think is the hardest league in, in all of sports, just in terms of, The skills you have to have, um, taking care of your body, staying injury free. I mean, do you feel like that was a little bit of luck, or did you do above and beyond to take care of your body to to be able to play that long?
1: Nah, it was both, man. It was <laughs> luck. <laughs> it was luck. It was me taking care of my body. It was it was everything. Like I just can't see him and say, oh, I took care of my body, because you know I know some guys that took really good care of their body, but it was just some instances of some bad luck where you know get injured here this season get injured the next season so i'm not going to sit here and act like that so it was it was definitely um you know combined with all of that but what i used to always tell the younger guys is that you got to control what you can control what you can control and that's you know how you train during the off season how much sleep and rest you get what you put in your body um you know, what you're doing after practice, how many times you get in the cold tub, in the hot tub, you're sitting in the sauna, you getting stretched. So those are things that I knew I could control. Now, if I go out there and I plant wrong and I tear ACL, I can't control that. You understand what I'm saying? If, um, I mean, obviously, it's some little things that you do in training that can kind of help strengthen some things. But at the end of the day, if I go in there and I, you know, make a tackle and I, you know, do something to my neck, that's something that I can't really control. But the other things, um, the the tweaks, the pulls, um, you know, being late to meetings and stuff like that, those are the stuff, those are things that I can control to, um, you know, to have that longevity in the league.
0: Yeah, and you look at all the things that you guys have now at your disposal. I mean, anything, you can track your heart rate and your sleep and diet and, and everything like that. Um, so, I mean, you guys have all the tools now. But, I mean, you look at some guys, a couple guys that you played with, I mean, Bob Sanders is a, is a good example of that. Unfortunately, he just couldn't stay on the field uh, for whatever reason. And then, like you said, you plant wrong. Two guys that you played with, Robert Mathis and, and Reggie Wayne, stayed pretty healthy throughout their careers. And then, I mean, Rob went down with a Achilles, I believe it was. And then Reggie planted wrong and tore his ACL. So, I mean, you just never what those things.
1: No, nah, man, and that's... And that's part of the game, and um, that's something that we all know when we when we play this game. Um, snap of a finger, man, your season could be done, your career could be done. So um, it's one of them things that you can't take it for granted. Um, you gotta play like it, it sounds cliche, but it's it, it's it's true. Where you gotta play every down like it's your last um, practice or game. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you came into the league, I don't remember if you came in
0: in like two thousand six seven, right?
1: In two thousand six, mm-hmm.
0: so I mean, did was it a big topic topic of conversation with the the head injuries and CTE and and things like that? Did, were you guys cognizant of that?
1: Um, I think you know, with the CTE and the concussions, I think you playing the game, you always are mm-hmm. aware mm-hmm. of it. You know what I mean? But I think as technology grows and um more people are more upfront about the the things that they're dealing with, I think that's when it becomes um, where it is now. Because a lot of times, I mean, as as men, and it's not a good thing where, you know, um, you could be at home with your family, just battling with different things related to CTE, related to the concussions that you got, but you really don't want to put it out there in the public because you feel as though somebody's, the public's going to view you a certain type of way. But now with, you know, um the documented deaths and you know suicides and and just you know a lot that's related to the ctes and the concussions i think it's um uh, well aware by the public by the players that you know it's it's being talked about more but doing doing when i first got in the league even before i got in the league guys knew what was going on and you know um how and i think the league knew what was going on and how this was affecting the players as well mm-hmm. yeah and then i mean you look at some of the
0: – the last few weeks, I think it was – I forget which week it was, a couple weeks ago. I saw three dudes get knocked completely out in three different – it was like Sendejo for the Colts, the tight end for the Chargers, and then Bridgewater. And it's like yeah. th- those head injuries aren't going anywhere, unfortunately.
1: Not I man, it's the it's – the, it's the sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we wear helmets. If <laughs> We didn't wear – you know, that's why we wear helmets. But, again – but. And I know football gets a lot of the attention as far as head injuries, but if you really sit down and just do the research, I mean, it's a lot of other sports that's right up there with football. You got soccer, cheerleading, um, hockey. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of it's a lot of sports, um, you know, that that that's dealing with the head injury um, situation. But man, it, it it is scary when you start talking about the brain. Um and how that could affect your affect your life after you get done playing playing this sport.
0: Yeah, I read a thing, this was a couple of years ago now, that peop, jets, people that did, like, jet skiing could get CTE because, like, the whiplash of, like, going up and down. That's something I never really thought about. It's
1: kind of weird, but... Yeah. Nah, it, it's real, though. Like, I mean, I, obviously, the game of football, you know, it gets the... It's at the forefront yeah. of the CTE discussion, but... Um, if you really kind of talk to different doctors and, and and things of that nature, they'll tell you that it's a lot more other sports out there that that's dealing with the same type of uh, repercussion of, of of concussions and whiplash and things of that nature.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like I mentioned, obviously you played for the Indianapolis Colts for for eight seasons. Uh, that's my hometown team, so that's how mm-hmm. I was kind of introduced to you. What was it like to to come into a Super Bowl contending team and contribute right away
1: as a rookie? Man, I think that was the best thing for me. Um, obviously, it's like a gift and a curse, right? Now nah, I'm not going to say gift and a curse, but it's like at the beginning, it's like, man, I wish I was drafted first, second, third round. But, you know, when you get drafted early, what type of organization are you going to? You know what I mean? So for me, being drafted in the sixth round, being drafted to the Colts and the type of structure, the type of, um, you know, culture that they already had there, it was it was a blessing for me, and then, like you said, for me to be able to come in as a rookie and really uh contribute to um to what was going on and what we had what we had there it was a it was a beautiful thing
0: what kind of mentality did you have to have going in um like you said being a six round guy coming from an h b c u um kind of unheralded and and not known like widely around the league
1: man it, for me it was um all I wanted was the opportunity. You know what I mean. So being drafted in the sixth round, line, right, that was cool. That was the first, the first check. But then it was like, okay when I get to um, rookie mini camp and OTAs, man. You know, splash on film. You know, make plays. You got this opportunity now. What are you going to do with it? Um, and that's all I wanted to do, day in day out. Again, like I said, control what I can control. Um, know the playbook. You know, go out there and, and just play the game that you that you've been playing all your life, man. So for me, it was just the opportunity and go do what you've been doing your whole life.
0: Who are some guys, especially on the defensive side, I know, like we mentioned, Bob, Marlon Jackson, Mike Doss, um, I mean, Rob and Freeney. Who are some guys in the locker room that kind of embraced you and helped you with that transition?
1: I would say Rob Mathis, just because he was a late-round draft pick coming from an HBCU. Gary Brackett undrafted, so he was kind of going through that same process. June, again, um, late-round draft pick that was playing significant time. So um off the top of my dome, those were the three guys that really um, embraced me and was like, look, man, like, keep doing what you're doing, and, you know, it'll pay off.
0: And when you first came in, a lot of guys talk about, like, how – how kind of I don't want to say scary, but like the aura of Peyton obviously is is massive. What was it like to come in and, and see him work and in, in kind of his mindset?
1: Man, I loved it. You know what I mean. Um, you do have that moment where you like you went all where's you know you got Peyton Manning, you got Reggie Wayne, you got Marvin Harrison, um, Bob Sanders. So it is that moment of like, damn, like. I'm in here, but then, you know, you got to snap out of that quick because you you, you, you are a part of them now. Like They, they brought you there to to, to, to work. Um, but once we got out there on that field, I'm like, okay, well, in my mindset it's like, shoot, they're, they're Peyton probably the best quarterback in the league right now. You know, he probably got the best receiving tandem in the league right now, probably got the best tight end in, in the league right now. So in my mind, it was like, okay, if I can compete in practice, with these guys, not saying that not saying Sunday will be easier, but I won't see anything better mm-hmm. <laughs> on Sunday than what, I'm, than what I'm seeing during the week. Yeah, I mean
0: those teams were absolutely. St- it was it's kind of crazy to look back and see like just how talented those teams were, especially that Super Bowl run. Um, I mean, I know you kind of I don't know if you were able to soak it in as much just because you were a rookie. I know Pat McAfee talks about like um in 09 when he came in, you guys went to the Super Bowl and he was and you guys lost and he was like, "Oh, we'll just we'll just be back next year." And then he never got back. Were you able to soak yeah. in that Super Bowl run and and how do you look back on
1: it now? Man, I think I was I was the same way. You know, 06, we come in. I think we was 12 and 4 that year. We started off like 8 and 0 or 9 and 0. And I'm like, well, shit, this is easy. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I know this. We we gonna do this forever. You know, in my mind, I'm like, it's no way that we're not gonna keep the same players. We're not gonna keep what we have going on because before I got here, they should have went to the Super Bowl the previous year. Um, so I'm like, I can see this going on for years. Um, we made the run, we won. Um, and again, I'm 20, 22 at the time. I'm like, hey. I'm starting my first year, rookie year. I know I'm going to be back here a couple more times. Um, and obviously we go back in 09, um, we lose. But even then, it's like, okay, two Super Bowls in four years. I'm like, that's still a good ratio. I'm like, we'll we'll get back. Never got back, you know. So now that I'm out of the game, um, and even when I left Indy, because, you know, I was in Indy for eight years, and seven out of those eight years we made it to the playoffs after I left Indy. Um six years after that, I never I never made it to the playoffs again. So at that time I was just understanding like, man, how grateful and how fortunate we were um to have the the organization and have the foundation that we did have um when we were ending.
0: Yeah, when I was doing some research um before you came on, I mean you're you kind of had the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. One Super Bowl. I mean, we're on that two and fourteen Colts team, and then, like yeah. you mentioned, after you left Indy, um, you guys had a you guys had a couple bad years with the. Uh, I think it was San San Fran was uh-huh. middling, and then um, I think you guys went like three and thirteen with the Cardinals. I mean, how much did that help, or I mean, I wouldn't say hurt, but how much did that help you as a person, both on and off the field, just having all oh, the experiences.
1: Yeah, all the expenses. And it is one of them things that Coach Dungeon used to always say was like, just be even killed. You know what I mean? Like you never want to be so high, then be so low. Like you'll you'll kill yourself if you like that. Like, you know what I mean? When things are going good, you're so high, and then when things are going so bad. So just be even killed. And I just try to take that mindset throughout, regardless. Like, you know, if I had a good game, all right, I had a good game, that's what I'm supposed to do. If I had a not-so-good game, all right, well, you learn from those mistakes. You come back the next week and you get better. Um, and that was kind of the same thing. Like, even when we had the 2-14 season, I would say the record was horrible, but the way we were in the locker room, the way we went out and we fought, the way we were in games and the way the guys came in we, 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 each week, I'm like, man, you, I mean, obviously you can ask for a better record, but as, as far as what you see in these guys, that's what you want so, you know, when I had the 3-13 and season in San Fran, 8-8 season, uh, 3-13 and in um, uh, AZ, then my last year in New York wasn't good, it was just kind of that mentality like, man, shit, this, it's not always going to be pieces and cream. Like, you're going to have to go through these tough times. And even the tough times ain't really tough times. It's, it's football. It's a game. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you, you really got some people that's going out here and you know don't have lights they don't have water you know what i mean they don't have so it's people so if you just keep it in per, per, and just have a, a a a realization of like what's going on in the outside world and you just 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 keep it real man so it, it, again it's a game so that's just kind of how i have my mentality about you know the the ups and the downs and
0: next i want to kind of transition quickly to um the NFL now Obviously, you got two two uh, week left in the regular season before the playoffs. Uh, who do you think poses the the toughest test for the Chiefs out of the AFC? Because I know in the NFC is kind of a tough. There's three or four teams that I think could could make it to the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs are the clear front runners in the AFC, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, you got the Chiefs, man. Um, I like what the Colts are doing. Um, just uh, and I always say, if you got a run game and you got a defense, man, you got a chance. Um, the Colts have that. Um, I would say also in the AFC, um, the Bills, just because you know they can put some points up and the defense is solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the next team I will probably go with is the surprisingly is is the Bengals um, if they can play. Um, their style of ball. Obviously, they're still young over there, but I like what the Bengals are doing. And, and, and even Tennessee, I'm, I'm surprised. I know um, somebody asked me, like, who are you most surprised about um, in the AFC? And I'm like, I'm surprised that Tennessee was was able to keep um, that number two seed with, you know, Dick Henry being out, Julio Jones being out, significant time, A.J. Brown as well. But what they do, what they're doing over there with the defense and the guys stepping in, um, I like that too. But like you said, Kansas City being the front runner, but I like what the what our Colts are doing. Um and, and, and the Bills. How are I this
0: is something I never really thought about. How hard is it to beat like a good playoff caliber team twice in one season? Because I mean, for the Colts, for example, I mean, there's a high likelihood that we're gonna have to play the Bills or the or the Patriots again. How hard is that? I don't know if you had to do that throughout your career, but how hard do you think that would be to beat
1: like a really solid team twice in one year. It's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to to win in the NFL. So, for you to go out there and beat a good team twice because you got to think that team is going to go back and watch film, right? They so they're going to self scout and they're to okay, this is what we did good, this is what we did bad. Uh, we did bad in this area. I'm pretty sure they're going to try to attack us again. Um so it, 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 it's tough to be able to beat a, a good team two times in one season. But um the great teams do it. You find a way to You find a way to get it done. And I want to talk about uh, obviously the man, the man pod. You got the hat on right now.
0: Um, yeah. You and D Bar, two of my favorite guys to listen to. I absolutely love what you're doing. Uh, How did that all come together? And are you happy that you're able to still stay involved in the league and and keep an eye on things?
1: Yeah, man. It was during COVID. Um, you know, sitting around a crib, and you know, we was you know, we, we we were teammates and we 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 good buddies anyway. So we thought, like, hey man, what you think about this pod, doing this pod. And you know, we was thinking about, okay, what what name could we use? You know, what are we gonna be talking about? And we just kind of formulated brought it together. And um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a, a slow grind, but I, I like where we at right now. Um being able to uh to get on the get on the pod and, and talk to one of your homeboys about the game, about current events, about um things that men go through in life and being able to still be a part of the be a part of the game but not so into it you know what I mean we can do our own thing we can talk about our own stuff we can have our own feel and our own vibe so I like it man and, um, it, it's been good and I'm I'm excited for what 2022 has in store for us
0: yeah you guys have a lot of good chemistry you guys crack me up sometimes with some of the stuff that you guys say just because you got
1: buds. Because I got like we always say, like even you know, when we live and we got the you know, um our listeners in the comments, like we want to keep this like the locker room, you know, and that's how the locker room was. You know, at times you serious, sometimes you disagree, sometimes you joke. So in the comments, if you say a joke, just be, be sure that you know you're able to take it, because if we can joke on you back, we're gonna do we're gonna do it. So um you know, it's all in the love, man. And and again, like I said, man, I'm excited we, we were able to to get together and do that. And last thing, just quickly, uh, we talked a couple times about
0: you being a uh, HBCU graduate. Um, how proud are you? Are how proud are you to to be able to represent in HBCU?
1: Man, I'm I'm excited, man. Like I say all the time, um, it was the best four years of my life. Um, you know, again being a young black man in the world, it was at like one time in my life that I was um, the majority. Um, and there's not many times as a young black man, you can be able to walk in a room or walk in an area where you were like, I'm the majority. So for me, that was uh, that an eye-opening, eye-opening for me. You know what I mean? So, But then it's just the rich history that we have. Um, and I'll just talk about, you know, my HBCU, Howard University, the rich history. When you talk about Frederick Douglass, Alain Locke, um, Harriet Tubman—it's just a lot of names um, that's on that canvas where you're looking at these buildings and they and say like they really had a, a impact not on just the black community but the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so again, man, I'm proud um to be to say I'm an HBCU graduate, man. Um, and again, you know, anything I can do, I'll always be an advocate for that.
0: What is it like to be a part of that community? Because I feel like if if you are a graduate of it, of an hbcu i mean you guys all kind of rally around each other and and kind of i mean you you all hold that super high which i which i admire a lot what was it like to be a part of that community and 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 be around all those other guys and the obviously the historic people that you mentioned
1: yeah man i mean so it's, it's a beautiful thing because Again, you know, we'll chirp at one another. You know, saying that you know we're the best HBCU, or we do this, we have the best homecoming, X, Y, Z. But then when it come down to it, though, like like you said, we all together and we all have a sense of pride of um, standing behind all HBCUs and what they stand for. Um, so again, man, it's 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 a beautiful thing, and I, and I love to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I mean, obviously, I
0: have I have a lot of respect for that, and. Um, I'm gonna wrap this thing up because we're coming up on time here. But uh, I just want to say thank you for for coming on. Um, I've said it said it before, but you're one of my favorite players growing up. So uh, it was an honor to be able to do this and plug plug all your stuff before we before we hop off here, man and man pod and the foundation, everything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you um if you looking to donate in the 2022 year, man. Um, any donation, no donation is too small or too big. You can go to AntoineBethay.com um, and donate to the Bethay Family Foundation. I promise you it will do some good in the community. Um, also, um, you, can, you can follow me at 8 41 41 um, That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. Um, and also follow the Man to Man pod. We're live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's myself, and that's Darius Butler. Um, So, yeah, man, again, man, I appreciate you for having me on. Keep doing your thing. I wish you the best of luck. Have a happy new year, man, Um, and good health. Yes, sir.
0: Same to you. Happy new year.
1: Yes, sir.